Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast, where missionaries come on and tell us authentic stories that they love, and I know that you will too. It's six questions in about nine-ish minutes, because we all know that without a timeline, missionaries tend to get awfully long-winded. This morning, I am joined with a friend. We were on deputation for a while together, and uh, Brother Tim Germano, I'm excited to have you on here. Thanks for being here, brother. Yes. I'm glad to be here. Oh, me too. So let's dig in then with question one and go ahead and tell us a bit about you, your family, and your field. Well, as, as Brother Josh said, I'm Tim Germano. I'm married. I have two kids, a seven-year-old named Landon and a five-year-old named Elena. And we have been serving as missionaries since 2015 on the island of the Dominican Republic. Awesome. And I, you know, I got to thinking about it. It's hard to believe that your son is seven because I remember when we went to deputation school together, uh, he had just been born, like a, you know, he was less than a year. So right. hard to believe it's been that long then since uh, we've met and, and been working in missions. So. Yes. Hey, it, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. So. Well, then question two, for, speaking of having fun, um, for you, what's one of the best parts about being in missions, something that you love? I think one of the, my favorite thing about it is, you know, we get a chance to, you know, it comes with its difficulties, but we get a chance to minister and reach people with the gospel. You know, that's our job. We have a chance to devote full time. I know that we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ and God's allowed us allowed, you know, Brother Josh and many of these other missionaries that you guys have seen on this podcast, we get a chance to reach people. And, and sometimes we get to introduce people to Jesus Christ that they've never heard much about him or they don't know more than, oh, he was just in the Bible or he was just a teacher. We get to tell them who he is and that he loves them and he died for them and desires to have a relationship with them. That's my favorite thing that we can just dive right into that and devote all of our, our energies and our focus into that outreach and telling people about Christ. Yeah, man, for sure. Excellent answer. And you can't get any better than that. So I appreciate it. So, um, question three, then for you guys, uh, what is one of the more difficult aspects either of the Dominican Republic, you know, that ministry there or just missions in general? I think, at least for me personally, um, and this goes when I was working in the States at a church and, and even beforehand, but even there, I'm more of an introverted type person. And so, you know, missions is reaching out to people and building relationships and, and sharing the gospel with them. And I love doing it, but it's also, I'm a very introverted and shy person. And so, um, you know, I know a lot, it's hard to believe, but we missionaries, we still get nervous. We can be shy. We can uh, be a little intimidated, but it's, it's amazing how the Lord helps us. I, I used to not even like to get in front of a group of people, but that kind of had to go out the window when we started traveling on deputation. And so it's a, that's the biggest challenge for me personally, but it's, it's amazing to see how the Lord helps us and the Lord opens up opportunities and he empowers us just like his word says that he would. I guess in the Dominican, like most missionaries, there's, you know, different cultural things and a lot of them, they're not, they don't affect you very much, but sometimes it's like, it's just, you are American way of thinking and the Dominican way of thinking, and they don't intersect in certain areas. And so just trying to ask the Lord for, for understanding and for grace as we, we, we try to reach Dominicans. 
Yeah, brother. Amen. Great answer. And uh, I think an encouraging part about that to me is that it's amazing how God can take people from one end of the spectrum to the other and use them all just in unique ways. So I think that's really cool. Praise the Lord. So, um, Then with question four, who are some missionaries that you would say need to be on this podcast to share their story? Well, I'm not sure if they've been mentioned, but I know they serve on Worldwide with us, but Stephen and Julie Knickerbocker, they're in Burkina Faso. We had a, uh, Steph and I, we graduated with Stephen, and Julie was right behind us, and they serve on with Worldwide uh, with with us, with Brother Josh, and with some of these other missionaries that have appeared on the podcast. So they're a great option. I'm excited about what the Lord's doing there in Burkina Faso. Also, another guy was in seminary with Tim Hawes. He's in Papua New Guinea. And it's amazing. Every time I read his prayer letters and these updates, um, you know, just he's on the front lines out driving hours to get to villages and ministering where there's no roads and there's no this and no that. So just the Lord's doing a great work through them in a college and school and also he's another one, Tim Hawes. Awesome. Well, I look forward to getting in contact with them and seeing if we can get them on here. So, um, all right, question five then kind of the big one that everybody is waiting for is uh, take about three to five minutes and just tell us a story about your time serving Jesus that you love. I think something that the Lord really used in my life, you know, when we first get to, you get to this, this new country and it's a lot of adjustments, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of changes. And we had a chance, we worked with a, a veteran missionary that had been there. He's been there now 30 years. So, he served there. We worked in the ministry that he'd planted and that he's working on turning over in the next few years. And there's a lot of different aspects with it. One of the, one of the ways we got to serve was in a Christian school. And, you know, my wife studied to be a teacher. I never had any interest in being a school teacher, but that's what the Lord had for me for our four years we were there. And so I was teaching and it was a bilingual. So I had to do, I had a chance to do some in English, some in Spanish. And, um, I remember we were really focusing in the kids they're, they're able to come to that school. Not all of them are believers. Some of them profess to be believers and some of them will openly say, no, I'm not a believer. I don't trust it. I, I'm not a believer, but I wanted to get this education. And so we would try to take, especially in the Bible classes, I taught Bible and in chapel really have a chance to make sure they knew that they were saved. If they hadn't heard the gospel, really share it with them. And I remember one time I got up and, uh, I'm sure it's the same with a lot of people. I'm my own worst critic when it comes to preaching and teaching. And I remember preaching about it uh, out of Ephesians 2, 8, 9, about how we're saved by grace because in the Dominican, like it is in a lot of places, they're trusting in what they can do to get to heaven and in their goodness and in their works. And um, I remember sharing with them, you know, it's not we're saved by grace. It's a gift of God. If we could work it, then God would owe it to us. I remember preaching and like, we often do as preachers and teachers, we run into our time limit. And I remember looking up and thinking, I've got to wrap this up. I wanted to give a chance for them to respond. And I said, if you have any questions, come and come and talk to me afterwards. Talk to me, talk to Brother Autry, the man we work with, talk to the assistant pastor. And we'd like to talk to you more. And I prayed and dismissed them all to class. And like most Christian school students in the very first hour of class, you know, they weren't all the way awake. And they were trudging on to class, yawning and everything. And I just remember going back and getting my stuff to go teach and thinking, I should have said this and I should have stopped earlier and I should have um, 
you know, left time for an invitation and I, I should have prepared better. And I was kind of beating myself up and feeling sorry for myself really. And I was in the cafeteria and just a few minutes later and, and three of the girls from the chapel service came up to me and I, in Bible class, I gave verse quizzes every week and without fail, every single day there was a verse quiz. Students would come up to me right before class, teacher, what, what was the verse? And I always tell them the same thing. You should have studied it yesterday. It's not, there's not time for you to learn it today. And so they, they came up and they said, teacher, we have a question in my mind. I knew how they were. I said, this is what the verse is. You guys should have studied it. And they said, no, you said, come talk to you. I said, well, about what? They said, you said in chapel to come talk to you about if you wanted to know more about salvation. And, you know, it shows my lack of faith. I was too busy thinking I should have done this and I should have done that. And, and so I had a chance to sit down with them and the assistant pastor, we had a chance to share the gospel with them again. And these three girls trusted in Christ as their savior. And, and it's just amazing because God taught me that lesson that Paul shared with the Corinthians. He said that um, he, that he planted and Apollos watered, but God was the one that gave the increase. It's not me. It's not brother Josh. It's not any of these other guys that you hear or ladies that you hear. It's not about us. We're just sharing the message, but God's the one that works on their hearts. God's the one that convicts them. I thought I had failed at that message, but God's word doesn't fail. And God was working on their hearts and God had been working on their hearts for the months before. And, you know, it was just an encouragement to me as a missionary. I just have to be faithful at giving the gospel message and sharing the truth. And God's the one that works on their hearts. And he's the one that, that convicts them and then shows them in their need of a savior. So that's just something that really encouraged me our first year on the field to just to continue on and not lean on my own strength or abilities, but to trust in the Lord to do the work, but just be faithful at sharing his message. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed that story. Thank you. Sorry, I thought my daughter was sneaking in here. Uh, I did. I enjoyed the story, and uh, it is amazing to see what God can do through us. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Yes. All right, as we kind of close out on maybe a little bit of a light note, do you have, uh, question six, do you have any cultural or language faux pas that you are willing to share? I guess I don't have any one instance where I said something so embarrassing I wanted to run out of the room, but there's mm -hmm. been a number of times when I'm preaching and you're preaching and you say something and you think you have it right and <laughs> you look out and their faces are like, they're, they're, they, you have no, you have, you, you know, they have no idea what you said. And I'm just kind of thinking, okay, what did I say wrong? What didn't I say that they should, that they didn't, uh, how, what happened? And there's been a number of times I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And then it's like you, your brain freezes and you cannot think of the word to save your life. And there's a few different people in the ministry that know English. So sometimes I'll just start describing or I've, there's been a couple of times where I just had to stop and I would look at the congregation. and said, you guys know what I'm trying to say. And they all just start laughing and then we move on. They're good sports. They were very, patient with my bad spanish <laughs> that's awesome man i'm glad so are the so the people in the dr i'm not sure um you know what the culture is like or anything but here uh it is very rare people will not correct you because then they would be shaming you and then that would be a horrible thing what about like so we've got people here now that will correct us because i've told them correct me but what about in the dr are they yes. willing to correct you or not for the most part, they will not. Um, you know, usually you can tell by their face when you said something wrong. 
there's one or two that may be the assistant pastor there. He was, he, we had a language tutor. We did language school for a while. And so uh, Adonis always helped us and always would correct us. And then the assistant pastor there, I looked at him in the very beginning. I said, listen, if I say something wrong, please tell me. I will mm-hmm. not be offended. And yeah. so he's been a huge help, especially with working on, you know, different terms and preaching and different things. He might come up to me after sermon and say, hey, listen, this, you probably should use this word. Or I'd have him look over my outlines to make sure before we put it up on a PowerPoint that I wasn't putting up a big grammatical error in front of the whole church and distract yeah. everybody from the message. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's always great to have at least one person that's willing yes. to be more Western and just tell you that was wrong. <laughs> yes, <So>. exactly. <laughs> Hurts our pride a little bit, but it's what I needed, and nah, I still I- need it. <laughs> well, good, man. Um, well, listen, hey, it's great having you on. What, how, if people want to continue to follow your story, what's the best way that they can do that? Well, they can uh, look at our website, Germanos, G-E-R-M-A-N-O-S, the number two, dr.com. We try mm-hmm. to put, you know, our prayer letters on there. We try to put blog posts, articles. We're working more on doing video updates and um, we call them Germano minutes, although that really is kind of a lie because a lot of times it's two or three minutes, the yeah. updates, but just trying to, to, to let people know what, it, what it's like the life of a missionary, what's going on uh, with us and our family. So we're doing more of that now. And when we get back, we're going to do that from as we go out to a new area and plant this church, kind of chron- give a, a chronology of it from start to finish and just, um, you know, and also let people know how they can best pray and and see what God's doing. It's, it's not about us. We just have a privilege to serve him there. Like many are serving them here in the United States, but just let them see how the gospel does change lives. It's not what we say. It's what God's doing there in the Dominican Republic. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll have all that in the description link below so that people can get a hold of you guys and watch what the Lord continues to do. So praise the Lord. Thank you, brother Josh. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being on here today. It's really been my privilege, and uh, thanks for sharing your stories. One last bonus thing for anybody that has been listening. If you know what the unique thing about the Dominican Republic flag is, comment in the description box below. I want to see who knows these things. So, all right. For those of you that have joined us, this has been Josh Wagar with Brother Tim Germano, and you have been listening to the Missionary Micro Stories podcast. Thanks for joining.